When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's Odds and End Zones. A podcast feature of MileHighReport.com. From props to parlays to totals and spreads, it's time to sweat it out. Here are your hosts, Ian St. Clair and Adam Malnati. Adam, it's Raider Week, and it's always Raider Hater Week for us because we are from the tradition of you can lose all your games throughout the regular season, but if you beat the Raiders twice, then it's... It's still okay. Success. But there's an, there's added spice with the rivalry now that Josh McDaniels is now the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, mm-hmm. who are 0-3, could not have a better start with a complete douche of a head coach. Yep. You know my hatred for McDouchebag. Uh, I, feel, I feel just fine in saying that and calling him that. Uh, McHoodie Jr. I you, here's what here's the thing, and I'm just gonna rant now. I'll just start with it. You cannot convince me. You cannot convince me that Bill Belichick didn't send him to subvert the Denver Broncos to take down the franchise and ruin them, so that the Patriots wouldn't have to deal with the rise of the Denver Broncos. He was that afraid of Mike Shanahan. He was that afraid of what he had built. He was that afraid of what Jay Cutler could become, and so. What happens, and we all know Jay Cutler wasn't going to become anything. Let me just you know jump in there and, and pull myself back a touch. But Josh McDaniel's job was to ruin the Denver Broncos. And and you can't convince me that's not the job of all of Bill Belichick's assistants, as most of them go and fail somewhere. 
So I, I I can't stand him. And if he's if he's doing it to the Raiders, that's fine. I guess I won't complain. I will say this: Josh McDaniels did lead to Peyton Manning. So I know. Don't, you know what? I don't 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 take a dump on my hatred. Come on, <laughs> just let me hate the guy. Just let me hate him. It's that backdrop that brings us into the week four game in the giant Roomba in the desert with Lloyd Christmas as the owner and a giant douche for a head coach and a quarterback that wears too much mascara. Very dark, very dark, very emo. It's very, and I guess it works, right? It matches his uniform, I suppose. Uh, you know, Raider week is, is one that I can always get excited for. It's, tricky from the fantasy football perspective and the reason I say that is because I am a uh, Devontae Adams owner as far as that goes he's on he's on Ooh, my team and I want him to gonna, do well it's gonna be a rough week for Devontae Adams yeah I have a I, I, I am strongly considering sitting him down uh Patrick Sertan is gonna lock him up I don't I'm not you know he's he's that good so I'm I'm probably going to concise you can't sit him he's one of those he's one of those ends to starts no matter who they play guys but I hope he fails miserably. I, I'm one of those people that will always root for my team over my fantasy football team. Uh, I don't do it as much with like actual gambling. I don't know why it's different for fantasy. Like I still got money on the line. It's just different, I guess. I don't know. But it it is an interesting week in that we're talking about a Denver Broncos team that's 2-1, and one, top of the division, coming off what I would say are two wins in a row that felt a little bit like losses. There's, which doesn't a, make any sense well, because they beat a team nobody thought they would beat. Well, nobody thought they would beat them because of their performance against uh, both the Seahawks and the Texans, and so beating San Francisco was huge. But I, I have no problem with pundits looking at that and going, "Yeah, I don't have a lot of confidence in this team." And it, it wasn't like they came out against San Francisco and instilled even more confidence. There were moments. That, that last drive, uh, Russell Wilson finally kind of became Russell Wilson and orchestrated some things, but it's still not quite there. Now, we talked last week about not hitting the panic button. Uh, I'm still there. Don't hit the panic button yet. But if this... I'm can, not even thinking about that. Well, I, 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 it's not even in my vicinity. I'm well, like, really? You're I'm in your one. vicinity, so I guess it is. But it's... <laughs> <laughs> but not by choice, right? It's 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 there, but it's because of me. I'm not thinking about hitting the panic button now. If they uh, come into week six or seven and they still look this inept on offense, I, I think you have to start going, wait a minute. This is bad. This is this is worse than the cringy videos that Russell Wilson creates all the time. And, and they are bad and cringy. And they're our cringy now, I guess, but they're still cringy. That Subway one just has me. I'm like, come on, dude. You speak. Uh, you, you mentioned the fact that there's not a lot of buy-in to the Broncos, and since we're a betting show, you can look at the odds for this game. The Raiders are 0 three, yet they're a minus two and a half favorite. That's entirely because of the Broncos' offense. Because if this was about the Broncos' defense, the Raiders' offense is not going to do anything. On Sunday, it's not going to do anything. They just shut down the best rushing attack 
in the National Football League. I have no problem saying that Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers have the best running game in the National Football League. And they were held to 88 yards on the ground, most of which came on two carries, one of which was a hold that wasn't called. The long run by Jeff Wilson that led to the only touchdown by the 49ers, which, by the way, was also an offensive pass interference. So two rushes give you basically 88 yards. The Raiders are not going to be able to do anything. Their offensive line is terrible. They have no weapons aside from Devontae Adams. And their defense is what I think is going to be the perfect recipe to get Russell Wilson and the Broncos offense to build off of that drive you just mentioned. Well, and you you bring up a a good point about this is a good time for them to get, I don't want to call it healthy, but it's a good time for them to sort of find their stride. And you mentioned a tweet that uh, Benjamin Albright sent out uh, about the stats for Peyton, or not Peyton Manning, excuse me, the stats for uh, Aaron Rodgers in Nathaniel Hackett's offense for the first few games or whatever. And through the first three games, his stats were not great. And if you look at his stats compared to what Russell Wilson has done, very similar, almost identical. I have it right here. In 2019, Aaron Rodgers' first three games, he went 57 of 93 passing, 62.1% for 647 yards, four touchdowns, and seven sacks. Russell Wilson's first three games, 63 for 106 passing for for 743 yards, two touchdowns, and nine sacks. I mean, it, it says it right there. Those It definitely gives you, I don't want to call it hope, but it gives you a, sort of a, an example of how long it seems to take guys like Russell Wilson, guys like Aaron Rodgers, to feel comfortable in this offense. And I would also assume it's not just the quarterback. You've got offensive linemen who have to adjust. You've got wide receivers that have to adjust. You've got running backs that have to adjust. So there are several things that have to happen. It's, and we, we kind of want to put everything on the quarterback because it's a quarterback-driven league. And as a quarterback-driven league, that's where we go when things don't go well. But at the same time, and, and this is the fan perspective of it, Russell Wilson was brought in to make this team better. And I think that the biggest concern for most fans is that we haven't seen that yet. And we all expected it right away. And I, I keep going back to the the hype videos and how excited we all were. And and everybody wants to watch all those hype videos. The hype videos don't do anything for the regular season. They just make us feel excited about the team again, which is great. But now here we are sitting at two and one and and an iffy two and one at that, a perhaps a Jimmy Garoppolo stepping out of the back of the end zone mistake away from not being two and one. Although that was going to be a pick six. If he did get the throw off it, it, it just doesn't feel as exciting as we wanted it to as fans. It doesn't mean they're not two and one. It doesn't mean they're not sitting at the top of the division. And it doesn't mean they don't have a chance to go find it on offense against their most hated rival. If you are looking at the Denver Broncos and you're not excited because they're not putting up tech mobile numbers, that's a you problem. That's not a Broncos problem. The Broncos care about wins. They're two and one. That's what matters. Can they get better? Absolutely. Are there areas of improvement for this team? Absolutely. Do they have one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in football right now? 100%. So 
I guess it's depending on how you look at it. I mean, what I can't get over is the Raiders are 0-3 and they're a favorite. I cannot wrap my head around that. I don't get it. I've watched the Raiders. They're not good. They are not good. The Broncos should win this game and they should win it handily because the Raiders aren't good. I just listed a couple of minutes ago all the problems with this team, not including head coach. So, I mean, and we'll see. I, I, I've i seen some people say this could be a trap game. I don't see it because Russell Wilson and the Broncos hear all of this, even if they don't admit it. They're going to want to come out and show, yeah, we we are one of the best teams in the AFC. So they, I agree with you. They can be, I think, one of the best offenses in the NFL. The issue that we've run into is they haven't shown it yet. And statistically, they're they're not quite there. So it's something that, and, and I know you, you sort of have already said, you know, the fans, if, if the fans don't like it, that's a fan problem. I'm a fan. I don't like it. So it is a me problem in a way. But it's, it's frustrating to see them still not quite there. But I, I do agree that they have the potential to be one of the best offenses in the NFL. And I mentioned a couple of times now that I can't wrap my head around how an 0-3 team is a favorite. There's a, a stat that I put in the the game preview at milehighreport.com that published on Wednesday. And to give you an idea of how much of a surprise it is, since 1989, only 35 teams have been winless in game number four and a favorite of two points or more. Those teams have gone 11, 23, and 1 against the spread and 14 and 21 straight up. So it, it's not likely, just based off the numbers, that the 0 and 3 team walks away as the. One in three team. That's a that's an interesting way to look at it. You know, I'd be curious to know, and I don't I don't expect us to do a deep dive into this. And Joe Mahoney's not here to do it for us either. I'd be curious to know what the record of the other team was going into that game as well, because as you know, all of the stats and everything that we look at, there's two sides to that coin, right? There's two things that are going on there. You have the zero and three team, and you have the whatever the other team was. Are were they both zero and three? Was one of them one and two? Was one of them two and one? Were they was one of them three and oh? Like what was the sort of the the rest of the story there? So I like your stat because I like what it points towards for the Denver Broncos, a potential victory. But I do wonder what's the what's the rest of the story on that? What are what were the other teams like? And I and I I'm again, I don't expect us to do a deep dive into that. That's a Joe Mahoney area. So we'll let Joe do that at some point. Or we won't. We'll just ignore it and move on. But it, it's not terrible, not terrible uh, to think of that. So let's get into the game. Let's get into talking about what's going to happen uh, with the Broncos and Raiders on Sunday in the old Las Vegas Toilet Bowl. It looks like a toilet bowl. I keep saying it. I, I know Roomba is the popular one, but I mean, look at the shape. It looks like there's a lid on you could lift. Like somebody's going to have to piss in there, and I hope it's the Broncos. So what is? let's jump into the keys to the game. You want to give us your key to the game? Mine's just a dead horse thing, so we'll, we'll go with yours first. My, my key to the game ties into why I think odds makers have the Broncos as the underdog, and it's because they don't believe in the offense, which is fascinating when you look at the 0-3 Raiders. 
I'm I'm going to continue to beat that dead horse. I just do I don't understand it. My key to the game is let Russ cook. We saw you mentioned it earlier. We saw vintage Russ on that game winning drive where he was able to make things happen with his feet. He audibled to a, a great pass and a call to Cortland Sutton. So do that. Whatever they did on that drive, and even Chris Collinsworth mentioned it on the broadcast, whatever they did on that drive, watch it and recreate it and build off of it. Just copy what you've done in the past that has worked. That's a that's a, a great moniker for success. I like that. Uh, my key to the game, I guess, kind of plays off of that. And it's again, it's just sort of the same thing. I just want them to continue to feed Javante Williams. Uh, I I don't know. I I don't know why he isn't just the guy. And I understand that you have Melvin Gordon, and and in certain situations, Melvin Gordon has been great. But he's also someone who puts the ball on the ground more often than I'd like. I do know that, and I saw Mace tweeted this out. Uh, Andrew Mason tweeted out that uh, inside the red zone, um, he's more. Melvin Gordon has more success. It might have been inside the five yard line. He scores like forty something percent of the time. The average running back scores something like twenty percent of the time, somewhere in there. And I don't remember what the tweet was. You can certainly go look for it. But it's it's the sort of the idea that. Melvin Gordon inside the red zone is an above average running back. And I, that's fine. But Javante Williams is your bell cow. Javante Williams is the guy that's going to lift the team up and carry them and control the ball and control the clock and make sure that that awesome Denver Broncos defense doesn't have to be on the field more often than is necessary. And the offense can allow Russ to cook, especially if teams have to key on him, have to focus on what Javante Williams does. So, that to me is is a, a big push in helping the offense cure some of its woes. And I know that I say it almost every week. I kind of just lean on that as my key to the game, but it feels like that's a pretty good one. The thing I don't understand about what they're doing with the running backs is why is Mike Boone getting reps? It was apparent whenever Mike Boone was on the field, on third down especially, that he was in there to block. That's a tell. That's on Nathaniel Hackett letting the opposing team know, oh, hey, we're throwing it on third down because we have our third string running back who doesn't do anything on the field to block. I have a feeling Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon can block, and it won't be a tell by putting your third string running back on the field, on third down. If you want to use Mike Boone, use him on first down. Do a wheel route with him. That's what they did with the Vikings. But what Mike Boone does is what he did on Sunday night when he made that special teams play by downing that punt at the two-yard line. That's what Mike Boone should be doing on this team, not taking reps away from Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. That's a, a an excellent point, and it's interesting because he really does have some value. You're you're not wrong. He has value for this team, and he can be used in a way that is is good for the Broncos. But making choices not like that, offense. yeah, making choices like that on offense that's that's a bad look. That's definitely not what you want to see from the Broncos. And it it's interesting because you talk about tells, uh, you know, the Dan Orlovsky clip of him talking about what was going on in in Carolina with the Panthers and where. Christian McCaffrey was lining up. That's a similar that's a similar issue with coaching where coaches have to recognize the tell 
and say, yeah, we're not going to do that anymore because that that is indicating to everybody what we're doing. Whereas McCaffrey lines up one yard behind and it's a pass or something like that or an RPO. I can't remember what Dan Orlovsky said. He was too busy running through the back of the end zone with Jimmy Garoppolo dancing and cheering and playing. So I, I'm not too worried about it. But it's an interesting point to make that when you have a young head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, first-time head coach, he's maybe not going to pick up on those things on his own. So someone should tell him that. Someone should mention it. And I know you mentioned it, so I'm and I'm sure he listens and so I you know, I imagine that will all get fixed. I'm sure Jerry Rosberg mentioned it too. There you go. Some somebody who knows better than than he does apparently. Um all right, let's jump into our players to watch then. Offense? Should we go offense first? Let's let's go off. I'm going to go I'm going to go boring and Russell Wilson. Is that is that 4 weeks in a row? I feel like it might be. I, I I'm going to do it until he plays like we all know he can. And I, I, I'm i sick of this talk about, it. is he washed? No, he's not. He's playing in a new offense with a new coach, with new players. It even took Peyton Manning time, and I get it. The circumstances are different. Peyton Manning was coming off a neck, a neck surgery that kept him out for a full year. But Aaron Rodgers struggled, as I mentioned earlier, in this exact same offense with an exact same coach. So I, 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 this is not just my or my orange and blue glasses. I think we're going to see vintage Russ on Sunday against the Raiders. Yeah, I hope so. I think, I think you're probably right. I hope you're right for sure. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with a complimentary player to Russ and that's Cortland Sutton. Uh, Sutton has been a stud this season. He's, he's really been the only offensive stud for the Broncos. If you think about it, because he's been the only consistent player. But even he has had some issues. He had a, a, a critical drop against San Francisco that uh, I'm, I'm not sure people are talking about enough. I, I know that in the MHR Slack, it's more about Judy's drop on that tipped pass than anything else, which I think is hilarious. But Yeah, because the pass was tipped. Yeah, it was tipped. I'm not sure what we're doing here. But uh, whatever, I digress on that. But I, I, I want to watch Cortland Sutton continue to do what he has been doing for the most part. And that is be that big target for Russ, be his, uh, you know, pass interference guy down the field, going for those big plays. I like that they have that, and it seems like they have a good connection. So you're watching Russ. I'm watching Cortland Sutton because I want to see that connection continue. And then just as a sort of an additional one for fun here on offense, I, I, I'm really curious to see if Albert O is going to start to round out into a good tight end for the Denver Broncos. I think that was the the – belief moving into the season that he was going to take the tight end one spot and be really good and he was going to be a nice security blanket for Russ and he hasn't he hasn't been that and he had a critical drop against San Francisco as well and has not been the weapon that I think we all wanted him to be and I'm not looking for a Travis Kelsey uh you know 30 point fantasy football player type of performance just a solid tight end performance that the quarterback can look to as a security blanket. And that, that would be sort of my secondary player to watch on offense. Two things. Another player that I want to throw out is, is Quinn Meniers. It looks like he'll be back at right guard, which I think will be huge because he, he is so much better than Graham Glasgow. I would like to see Billy Turner, but it sounds like they're, they're based. I don't want to say treating him with kid gloves, but if they're not wearing kid gloves, they're wearing something close to it. I think it. they're wearing Bryce Callahan's pants or something. I don't know what's going on there. The other thing that I want to see is 
start testing the field. I don't know if it's because of the defense that the 49ers were playing and Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson weren't prepared for it, but they did not take shots down the field once. They need to do that against the Raiders and use KJ Hamler. You have this guy with speed. Use him. Has he even had the a Raiders target? Don't, Raiders don't have a good secondary, and two of their top players could potentially be out with Nate Hobbs and Rocky Yassin. So, or Sin, whatever. He's a Raider. Who cares? They need to test the secondary. I, they didn't do it against the 49ers. That's what I would like to see, like they did against the Seahawks, like they did somewhat against the Texans, more so against the Seahawks. Go back to that. Yeah, stretch the field a little bit. I like that. All right, defense? The Orange Rush, Randy Gregory, and Bradley Chubb. Who knew those shirts were going to pay off? Again. I mean, it's amazing. They just keep working. I do like that. That's a good one, too, because they have been they've been awesome. And I picked, in the for my game ball, I picked Bradley Chubb, partly because of the sack that he got, but also, he spent so much time in the backfield against San Francisco just harassing Jimmy Garoppolo. That's a great choice. I really like that as your as your players to watch, and I'm a little bit jealous that I didn't think of it beforehand. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo had Chubb all over him. He did, and and Randy Gregory, which isn't as funny, but works as well. So it's it's a good one. I'm, I'm now gonna... now now we're gonna see Chubb all over Carr. Ooh, he'll cry about it. His mascara will run. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with with Patrick Sertan. He's he has been incredible this year. He, it doesn't matter who he's covering. He he locked down DK Metcalf. Uh, I think he had was it zero Brandon catches Cooks. against <laughs> against him for, in Houston. And PFF he did so well. PFF couldn't even give him a grade because they just avoid his side of the field. He is legitimately a lockdown corner that takes away half of the field for you. And as a defense, that's exactly what you want from your cornerback. So. Uh, I'm just going to watch him perform. I'm going to watch him do great things because he is, he's great. I I don't think he even gave up a, a pass to, to Debo or something like that. Right. Wasn't that the, he, that what he it was? Has, he, there were, there were six targets to Pat Sertan and not a single catch not on one. Sunday night. Not one, not one catch. I, I mean, I'm telling you the, the, the kid's special. And uh, I, I am, I'm happy to say I was wrong about uh, we should have drafted Justin Fields instead of, Pat Sertan. I'm not saying we shouldn't have drafted Justin Fields, but I'm I'm happy George Payton drafted Pat Sertan. I think that is fantastic. So PS2, go get him, son. I like it. Uh, the gotta, defense. Speaking yeah. of the defense, I they have been incredible the first three weeks, mm-hmm. and I get it. There are a lot of people saying, "Well, they haven't played anybody yet. They just played Jimmy Garoppolo." You hold an offense like the San Francisco 49ers to ten points where you keep in check George Kittle. I mean, can we mention the fact that the Denver Broncos limited George Kittle? The last time these two teams played, George Kittle ate up the Broncos' defense. Now, part of that may be that he was coming off of injury, but if he's on the field, he's a threat. That's how good George Kittle is as a tight end. Debo Samuel did nothing on Sunday night. The only touchdown was on a pass interference that should have been called. The Broncos defense has been incredible. You hold a team to 10 points in the National Football League in 2022, you're doing something right. You know, And they're doing this without 
Justin Simmons. That's what I was going to say. You also have to remember they're missing their their leader on on the field. They're missing the guy who um, is is essentially the, the the quarterback on the field, the the defensive captain, if you will, in Justin Simmons. And and I and I don't know if you saw the tweet, but uh, Justin Simmons, I think, is a little frustrated that he's not out there because he's missing out on being on the field with this historic defense. And so uh, he, I think he just tweeted out the the emoji with the the the, the angry emoji, well, not angry, but you know, the, what is the one with the nostril? Frustrated. Yeah, the frustrated one. There we go. Words are hard sometimes. And so, and, and I understand the frustration, right? He wants to be a part of it, and that's what you want out of your defensive leaders. So, uh, to me, that's that's a really good one. Uh, you got any bold predictions for this game? Russell Wilson throws four touchdowns. Oh, I like that. I, I do like that. Um, I can make that fit with my score prediction, I think. So, yeah. I'll, I'll throw in a second one. Sure. The Broncos get seven sacks. Ooh, now that I think is a really bold prediction that that I could get behind as well. Uh, I have a I have a bold prediction that'll be fun for you. Uh, defensive score, a pick six. I like that. I feel like Derek Carr is going to challenge PS two, and I think Patrick Sertan is going to get himself a little pick six. I, I just feel it coming. I I'm that that is a that that actually kind of hurts my score prediction for for this but that's okay i don't mind it's okay uh, i'll still jump in i'll jump in with my score prediction first as well and then you can tell me if i'm close to what you've got uh, i wrote down just now 2713 broncos I, I i think you might be right with your four touchdowns there could be a missed like two point conversion in there or something McManus don't miss but you know maybe they go for two for fun who knows so i i'm going i'm going off the radar with this uh-oh so the worst loss in Broncos history, I think it's the worst because I think it's worse than 55 to 10, was in 2010 against the then Oakland Raiders with Tom Cable as the head coach of the Raiders. And I, let me scroll down real quick. I think Jamarcus Russell was the quarterback. I think so. No, it was Jason Campbell. Mm. So Jason Campbell was the quarterback for the Oakland Raiders. I don't think Broncos fans need a reminder about what the score of this game was, but I'm going to say it anyway. 59-14. I hope and pray that Nathaniel Hackett looked at that score and Russell Wilson, and they said, hmm, 59-14 Broncos. Ooh, I love that. I love that prediction. I think that is fantastic. Um, Because the the reason it fits is because that game – that the the Broncos lost came in Denver. It's hard hard to argue with that. All right, I I do actually have I have a prop for this this game as well. I know we're doing our our one prop for Thursday night, but I found an interesting prop uh, that I I kind of like for this game as well. And it's two props; they kind of go together. So I don't you don't have to find one for the Bronco game. I think I've I've got it for us. Uh, Russell Wilson plus. Uh, 115 for one and a half touchdowns or more. So over one and a half touchdowns, so two touchdowns or more, is plus 115. And Derek Carr under one and a half touchdowns, so one touchdown or less, is plus 105. I like a dollar on both of those. Why not? It's double your money. Have some fun with it. And I think they both. I think they both hit. That's the way I read it. And the thing that you have is you have positive money on both of them. So I I I like both of them. Definitely. My play on this, it's not a prop. It's the money line. Broncos are plus 120. 
as you said, that's uh, that's positive money right there, and that's what we're looking for. So, all right, uh, good value on those two bets. Let's let's do this. Let's take a quick break as we have reached that time. When we come back, we'll take a look at the Thursday night game. We'll do our whip around the league, the AFC West, all that good stuff, and then we'll say go Broncos. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Ian, uh, let's take a look at the league. We've got some some fun stuff going on. I, we do have our one prop for Thursday night. Uh, why don't we start there? Let's start with our Thursday prop. Um, I got I have another interesting one that I, I'm curious what you think of it. So I'm looking at Dolphins-Bengals. It's, that's the Thursday night game. And the Thursday prop that really hit me was you got Dolphins plus 110 for the longest touchdown. And the Bengals are minus one thirty for the longest touchdown. And I, I looked at that, and I'm try, I I'm a little bit surprised that it's not the Dolphins who would have the worst odds, right? You're you, you're getting plus money on the Dolphins' longest touchdown with Tyreek Hill as a potential deep threat. If Jalen Waddle plays, a potential deep threat. And I know part of that is well, if Teddy Bridgewater's throwing the football. Maybe they don't get it that far out. But I look at Tyree Kill, for example, the cheetah, uh, who is an awful person, and you hit him on the right slant, and he's gone. He could score from anywhere on the field. We've seen it. As Bronco fans, we know what he can do. And so to me, that's that, that doesn't mean that Teddy Bridgewater is necessarily a hindrance. To me, that means that I, I think that the odds are still the same, and I'm not setting the odds. I'm not an expert. I get all that stuff. And I certainly wasn't an expert on my bets this week when I wasn't even in the top 10. I think I was 35th this week. That's not terrible. It's a respectable number. I think you were 14th, by the way. Nice job. So congrats on that. But I just, I looked at that and I thought, I would have thought they would have been closer together. I mean, one is one is minus and one is plus. That, that, threw, me, that threw me off a little bit. So I might throw a dollar on the Dolphins for that one just because, again, that's plus money. The re- you mentioned the reason that it's plus money. Yes, I because do. they don't think Tua Tagovailoa is playing, and we saw enough Teddy Bridgewater that he couldn't hit Tyreek Hill on a slant pattern. So, well, maybe it's a maybe it's not a full on slant. Maybe he's really close to him. You never know. I, I, it's possible. I mean, the, the the thing that always that that you can always play to is well, even Tim Tebow did it. Yeah, see, he tried to bounce past it in there. I, I still to this day think that was a miss on his part. And it worked out for that's why it, that's, that's yeah, why it was such a that, good pass. That's why that's why it completed because he he was trying was to throw it to the sideline and he hits Demarius Thomas in stride. Exactly. My my prop. I was one for one on my props last week. I 
I didn't get the, the, the Jacoby Brissett interceptions, but I got the Amari Cooper receptions. I'm going to another receptions, but it's a running back. I'm going Joe Mixon over three and a half catches at plus 115. Now, this is a little bit dicey because in his first three games this season, he's had seven catches against Pittsburgh, three against the Cowboys, three against the Jets. Now, the thing, the reason I'm going with it is because in all three of those games, he had at least four targets. I think he's going to have at least five to six targets in this game, which would give him four catches. So that's why I'm going Joe Mixon over three and a half catches at plus 115. Again, plus money. I like that positive money. That's always good. So uh, that's usually what I what I look for, if you will. All right. Uh, let's take a look at the AFC West. So we've already got, you know, Broncos and, and Raiders are out of the way. Uh, the other AFC West matchups are the Chargers at the Texans, which we sort of talked about a little bit earlier. And then the uh, Chiefs are, and I'm sorry, I can't find them all of a sudden. Did They're playing the, the Buccaneers. Oh, that's right. They're playing uh, Tampa Bay, if you will. Uh, I don't think you should, but that's your Sunday night game. Um, I, I if that I, game is played in Tampa Bay, I, I was going to say I'm not sure they're going to play. So there are sharks swimming through the streets of Fort Myer because of Hurricane Ian, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, instead of Sharknado, it's uh, sh- it's a Sharkicane. Is that how? Is that what we're going to call it? Land sharks. Oh, land sharks. They just get up and walk around, go order a coffee, the nearest coffee shop. So let's go, let's come back to that one. Let's take a look at the Chargers because uh, is it still Chargers season? I'm just curious. Is it? Are we oh, still it, it, in Chargers season? It's Chargers season, just not the one that everyone thought it was because it's now Charger injury season. Ah, you mean just Chargers regular season then? It's just a regular Chargers regular season. Yeah, that dates back to the 60s. Like I, they... Every I mean, year, everybody's all over them. Sign, if there isn't a sign that Dean Spanos needs to sell the team, this is it. Like, you move the team from San Diego, screw you. You took away a great vacation spot for the ninth home game for Broncos fans. Rude. Now, you're in L.A. in a building that you pay rent to that's not even yours in a town that no one in your town roots for. And now you're getting injuries. I mean... Yeah, I mean, this is the annual, how bad is it going to get? Now they're without Joey Bosa. They're without Rashawn Slater. Justin Herbert is dealing with rib cartilage, and that's not going to go away. Keenan Allen's hurt. A lot of questions, a lot of issues. Uh, And this is a Texans team. They lost two last year because I told you before we started recording, I remember vividly because it cost me a parlay. <laughs> yes, it did. Well, here's here's what I'm going to tell you. Don't don't pick the Chargers this week because I'm not. I, I do not see the Chargers winning this game. It's on the road, so it's in Houston. It is not going to go well for them. Uh, I, I, think, I think this is a loss for the Chargers, and I, I know that people are going to kill me if they win because uh, it's the Chargers and the Texans, but – let, let's not forget that the Texans have played tough most of this. I mean, it's been three games, but they've been tough. They haven't done anything that's got them a full-on win necessarily, but they've played tough, and I think that can be a problem for the Chargers with all of the injuries that they have and the issues that they've got on their team. So uh, to me, I'm picking the Chargers. Um, it's it's hard to talk about this Chiefs-Bucks uh, game from the perspective of, is it going to be played? Where will it be played? 
Weather-wise, we just don't know, right? I think that's a, a fair thing to say as we sit here and record on Wednesday night. Uh, so I'm not really sure how to discuss this game other than if they were to play it, this is what I think. And what I think is I don't believe in, in Tom Brady right now, but I do believe in Patrick Mahomes, and I think the Chiefs can win this game. I The one thing that I will say is this is the same defense that shut down Patrick Mahomes when they had Tyreek Hill. This defense can play wherever they play this game, and they will shut down this offense. Tom Brady hasn't looked like Tom Brady because he hasn't had any healthy receivers. Against New Orleans, he lost Mike Evans because Mike Evans got into a fight with Marshawn Lattimore. Well, Mike Evans will be back. Julio Jones will potentially be back. Chris Godwin could be back. If they play... Tampa Bay wins this game. If it's two of those guys, Tampa Bay wins this game because that defense from Tampa Bay is for real. The only reason they didn't beat Green Bay is because Tom Brady had no receivers. He had Russell Gage. He had uh, COVID Beasley. COVID Beasley. I knew you were going to say that. Who just signed last week. So he legitimately has no receivers yeah. without Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Julio Jones. You know what else he so, legitimately doesn't have right now that you're you're forgetting about? is He doesn't have an offensive wrong. line. That too. Because well, they're all hurt. It, exactly. And so to me, I, I'm looking at at that. That is, I think, even more scary than uh, than them not having the receivers is that the offensive line is is Swiss cheese. It's a, it's a colander. It's a sieve. And... Tom Brady is not the most mobile of quarterbacks. So I, I just I just don't buy into it at this point for Tom, for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I, I, I pick the Chiefs on this one if they play. And who knows where they're going to play or what's going to happen. But I, I still think well, they, the Chiefs they can, win. If they, don't, if they don't play in Tampa Bay, it'll be in Minnesota. Oh, I didn't that's, know that. that. I didn't hear that. that. That's, that's a fun. contingency. So, okay. Yeah, come on up and to I, Minnesota. I, 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 I just I, I I have I have too much that this this Todd Bowles defense, he's shut down this offense before. He knows how to shut it down, and the sure. defense is basically what it was in the Super Bowl. And I I think if, when you get Mike Evans and and Julio Jones and or Chris Godwin back, I think that's enough against this Chiefs defense because the Chiefs defense is not as good as the Packers. They don't have they don't have the players that the Packers do. They have Chris Jones. That's about it. I guess we'll find out. I like it when we're sort of on opposite sides of things. We'll see who uh, who comes out on top. We do have an international game as well that we could talk about: the Vikings and the Saints. Which <clears throat> I'll I'll sleep through that. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't need to watch that one. Uh, so I don't know. Do you, are there any any games this week that stand out to you that you're looking forward to? I I've got one, and I'm sure you're going to say the same thing. So. I'll let you say it first. Ravens Bills. Yep, there it is. Ravens are going to beat the Bills. That is, you know what? When we talked about the Bills and the Dolphins last week, I said that if the Bills could beat the Dolphins, they might go undefeated. And you you brought up the Ravens as the next opponent. You you did mention that. And now that the Bills have lost, they're obviously not going to go undefeated. As here's here's your captain obvious statement right there. But at the same time, I think that they are still scary. I'm not sure how I picked this. this. To me, this is a pick 'em game. This is a coin flip because the Bills are on the road. Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson again and, and is essentially winning games by himself. So to me, I, I don't know how you pick this game. 
Do you lean towards the home team because they're the home team? Or do you believe that the Bills are going to be angry about a loss that they feel like they should have won, and so they're going to bounce back and, and they're going to beat up on the Ravens because they looked like garbage in Miami? Uh, a lot of problems down there. So I don't I don't really know. I kind of I'm stuck on this game. I'm going to watch it for sure, but I am stuck on it as far as what I think is going to happen. I think the reason I lean Baltimore is Buffalo doesn't have anybody healthy on its defense. And you and you're going against Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar Jackson is going to think he's he 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 knows people are saying Josh Allen and Lamar's like, hold on a second, I'm still here. Yeah, it's true. I, that's to me that's probably the funnest game of the weekend, and I'm excited for it. So, like I said, I will definitely be watching that one, and obviously we'll be watching the Broncos uh, beat up on the Raiders. 